Connected. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. You know, some days it's good to actually be the founder why of the National that? Day Calendar. Because it was National Gumdrop uh-huh. Day the other day. <laughs> Sounds like you dance. <laughs> so, yes, it is. I, uh, I'm, as yeah, you know, Las wandering Vegas around today, Las Vegas so. right now. And and uh, um, Gumdrop Day was a couple days ago. And it was kind of funny. I had a half a dozen meetings that day, and I think everybody bought, brought me nice. gumdrops of some kind. So I've been enjoying them a little bit, but not that it's when's National Pecan you know, Pie Day. Kind of cool. Um, because I would love it. I would love we it have if one. Brought me pecan pie. <laughs> Just craving that we'll have right to work now on for that, some right? reason. What is pecan yeah, pie day? It's got to yeah, be one. Yeah, boy, I was at a. Uh, I was at an event center a couple of nights ago uh, called Warre. I believe is how it's pronounced. W-O-R-R-E. This place is unbelievable, Steve. You know, you walk in, it's 25,000 square feet. So maybe for an event space, I guess that's a pretty good size, but it's not huge by any means, right? Um, but half of the back area, they have it kind of in two rooms. One's a little smaller room, and then they have this bigger room. Half of that room is a stage with wraparound LED screens that are probably 80 to 100 feet. So think of your wraparound that you have for maybe your computer monitor. Not everybody has those, but I'm sure you've seen them, right? You, you've seen I know somebody's got a right? four-foot one. It's four feet wide. Yeah. It, oh, my it's goodness. Like around the I entire desk. And I've seen the, the yeah. three-foot ones, yep. but well, imagine- four feet, 48 inches. Imagine a hundred oh. feet of that, and then, and then, I don't know, fifteen, twenty feet tall, I suppose. So they have this circular stage in front of this wraparound screen, and you can make it look like you're anywhere, basically. And they use it for live streaming, you know. So if you're doing some social media event or whatever, you can have two or three hundred people in the audience, and then you have this this amazing. Uh, screen in the background and they have other screens in there too that kind of are in tracks that you can roll around and stack them and it's like a green screen kind of i I just like a green screen studio sort of well as yes and it's funny you bring that up because that's kind of what is taking the place of green screen and because there's a lot of pre and mostly post-production type of things when it comes to green screen technologies, these things, uh, like the Mandalorian, for example, was filmed using this technology. They would bring the background into the, you know, so the actors can actually see it instead of acting out in front of a green screen. They're acting in front of this huge screen. They're able to interact with it a lot better. And as a result, uh, I don't know if you've watched the Mandalorian on Disney uh, but it's pretty cool, and I watch it more because I, I think the storyline's cool too. I'm not as big a Star Wars fan as a lot of people are, but but um, it's it's really cool, and the effects are incredible, and a lot of it's shot. Just Although, like you're talking about. 
<laughs> I'm more of a Star Trek fan, and I was more of a Battlestar Galactica fan than I was. Um, oh yeah, Star Wars. Yes. But I still love Star Wars. But I, yes. you know, you think about the technology that comes out of Star Trek. We talk about that all the time. All the, hey, yep, all the time. Transporters, they're coming. They're, <laughs> that'll be the next one. Um, but what do you come out of Star Wars? You know, maybe a Death Star. Although in the news this week, apparently the Russians are working on one. So. <laughs> Maybe that's the technology out of Star Wars. <laughs> wow. It is interesting, though, isn't it, that Star Wars hasn't given us no. as much tech as Star Trek has. But it's the difference between kind of, you know, Star Wars is folklore and fantasy. Star Trek is, I think it's a little more logical. And as a result, you know, they think about devices and things that possibly could be used. I, I look at Star Trek as problem solving, and that was the logic side of it, where Star Wars is, okay, you're following the story. Kind of like I'm I'm looking forward to right. the right. second half of what should have been one movie, Dune, coming out very soon this spring. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, but that's a story. You're following a plot. Star Trek right. with... with Exactly. Even the movies was, okay, here's a problem. We have to deal with it. How do you solve it? That, that That's basically the premise of the entire television show. They would, they, they, they all stand alone. Now there were the, I think the one show discovery, um, and I think enterprise or not enterprise, but, um, oh, it's the new one, uh, with Captain Pike here, but there is kind of an underlying story, but they all kind of still stand on their there's own. There's a like thread, said, but they, they, they stand alone. Problem within the course of there's a thread. That's correct. That's correct. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I've been up to down here. You brought oh um so Alice was down. Alice and Amy were down for a couple of days as well uh, with National Day calendar. We had some big meetings down here. Anything you want to share? And uh, so we um yeah. nothing I can share yet, I guess, but. Yeah, soon though. Pretty big stuff. Because like cool stuff. your life changes and, daily, so uh, you have to ask. Daily. Well, Alice should be off the hook excited. She's getting Ooh. a cookbook deal, a National Day cookbook deal. So that should be fun, right? She's like the queen of crockpot meals. That's not again. <laughs> it's the queen of a lot of food stuff. So yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, uh, we, you know, she's been wanting to do that for a lot of years and, and that's one of the first things that these people brought up. So, so is this I'm National sure Day food? Apprehensive and National excited. Day calendar food cookbook. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Basically, that's what it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people will like that and should have a lot of fun. It's a real easy way to, to celebrate the days, right? But we went to a, um, there's an 80s themed restaurant here and it's just a little, hole in the wall down by UNLV and what's really surprised me I was expecting to be a much bigger place but remember when uh, Marty McFly goes into the restaurant mm -hmm. in the future and it's like back to the 80s and they have these TV screens with Michael Jackson and was it Osama Bin Laden they were kind of fighting each other to take the order and that type of thing that's what this restaurant is it's kind of a cool thing it looks just like it Michael Jackson's uh, on the screen when you walk in and he's talking about the things to order and it's just kind of kind of a, a weird thing. Uh, there's the Ghostbusters vehicle sitting out front. Uh, but it's kind of fun to look at this this technology that was introduced in those movies and then, of course, moving forward and and uh, going to the restaurant now. I thought it was kind of a cool Who are you going to call? Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> Marty McFly. 
Boy, are there are there rumors about a Back to the Future really? four all over the place? Isn't that interesting? Uh, and there's if you if you go online, uh, if you type in Back to the Future four, you will actually see trailers for it. But these are people who've made up trailers from right. pieces from. The would that include shows. Michael? Yeah, yeah. Would that Along include Michael the, J. Fox? That's a good question, and and uh, I don't know. I think it'd be great if they did somehow or another. I would I would go to maybe that. Michael J's kid or something. Uh. Yes, well, they have somebody who kind of looks like Marty McFly uh, in in some type of role that they're dubbing him, and I forget the name of the actors, um, but there seems to be some excitement around it. So that, I would. I so think that'd back be cool. to the geriatric future. <laughs> Heck, if the people running for president can be eighty years old, I mean, all these old movies should be coming back, right? Yeah, you know, we saw a lot of that with the writer strike, though, too, because um, a lot of things were regurgitated because, well, there were no writers. So, hey, let's remake old stuff because there isn't new stuff. Well, it, and I think that well, uh, everybody's got a game show um, now. Ma- Maverick, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think Maverick really set the tone for that as well, you know, because during COVID, you know, the, um, oh, now I got Maverick in my head. What was the name of the original movie? Wild um, Wild West? Oh, Top Gun. Top oh, Gun. yeah. Yeah. No, Top Gun. Yeah. You know, so so you have a movie that, that comes back 35 years later and it, it just kills it at the box office. But that I mean, was a that movie was, that, was that was a huge a standalone movie. that people had been clamoring for a remake or a, a, a sequel to forever and just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't it? It was one of those where, right. Come on studios, get, get with the plan here because we want to see a next. Now, what would have happened if they would have come out with the sequel to Top Gun maybe two, three years later? Compare that to the technology I, I in Maverick yeah. that's out there. Now. I mean, it could have been an entire franchise like a lot of movies have been, but uh, it, it would have been interesting to see the yeah, differences. Yeah, it could have been, and, and who knows? And who, and who knows? Maybe it will be. Uh, I mean, it, it really, really did well. I don't know how much longer Tom Cruise can, you know, you know, take that role on, of course, but, but they can find somebody else. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's interesting. And you bring up a good point about the regurgitating of these movies and the technology involved with that too, right? I mean, the ability to have characters, actors in these movies that, that are no longer with us. And they play right alongside of the regular ones. And, and does that really mean that that what movies of the future are going to be? You know, and the fact that you're competing, you know, if you're an actor, I think you and I have talked about this before. If you're an actor now, uh, you're not just competing with other actors that are alive nowadays, you know, for roles and movies and TV shows or whatever. You're actually competing for people who are no longer with us, but have some type of contract. Uh, with a studio or whatever that they can bring forward anytime they want to because of artificial intelligence and deep fakes and everything else and, and have these people come back. Could you it's imagine really what casting calls look like in the future? It's like, okay, <laughs> we're, well, Bismarck, there's a casting call going on right now for a, a small film in a local studio here. But look at the casting call. It's like, yep, no, 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 no. 
all right, we're going to make up this character because I've got in my mind this character and we're just going to create that actor. It's going to happen, you know. Completely AI film. Absolutely it will. Yeah, yeah. It will happen, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me, like I said, if the whole thing is just AI. But I do believe that, you know, for the short term anyway, it's going to be actors, and, you know, they'll, put, they'll pepper it with some artificial intelligence or deep fakes or whatever just to get us used to it. But in the future, it will be that way. There's no and doubt game about shows. it. Don't forget the game shows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> AI versus AI. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Everybody wants you $20 a month now, you know, when it comes to AI. Is that all it is? Have you have you seen? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and you, that's a great, great I know. statement. Oh, is think that about all it, it is? I mean, yeah, you think I, about what you get for $20. You can't barely get a lunch for a $20 McDonald's. anymore. Now you have an assistant, an yeah. AI assistant. I, I want to think about that, though, because if, if you... It's really... Okay, and how quickly, because a year ago we were talking about, oh, hey, there's this new thing, and uh, rolls out, boom, free for to begin with, and and you think about the value... Well, well it but still you is. The value of that, and you're like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm, I'm talking big picture and all that AI can do, will do, is being touted to be able to do and 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I mean, yeah. It really is incredible what's possible. I mean, I, uh, just the time savings alone, I can't, Im- I really can't imagine how much time it has saved me in the course of the of the last year i mean there's no doubt about it and and uh um and what we're, what we're talking about everybody's artificial intelligence chat gpt uh and now google has up the stakes so to speak uh they had bard uh they've renamed it gemini um uh, and they believe that it is according to them the most advanced large language model ever so they got bored created. with bard and it's and yeah, I I have a feeling, you know, when you think about Bard, I don't know why I think of a carnival barker <laughs> back in the day. PT Bardem. <laughs> but there was just something about that name that I thought was kind of interesting. Gemini sounds very futuristic and AI-ish and all that stuff. So I think that they probably, they're marketing people. I'm sure thought Bard was great because it's four letters and anything that's short is great, right? Uh, but I think that they did the right thing. And and I have to tell you, uh, so I've signed up for Gemini and I have the advanced version, which is 20 bucks a month. I also have ChatGPT's advanced version, which is 20 bucks a month. Boy, the difference between the in, two in is what astounding. Ways? It truly is. Well, I think the the answers... It's a good question. I mean, if I ask ChatGPT to write something and then I ask Gemini to write something, I feel like Gemini is more humanistic. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it, it, I feel like when it's writing stuff, that it's it's something that if I were to ask, you know, if I wrote, if I read an article that Steve Bakken were to write, that's what this feels like to me. When it, oh, ChatGPT doesn't, it does okay, and if you train it okay, ChatGPT okay, does so, a great job. But it's all about the training, right? Right out of the box, I can say to Gemini, 
writing an article about blah, 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 blah. And it's pretty good right away. So more conversation. Really it through. So, yeah, I would so say the question that's I got, So I'm thinking the differences in writing styles, because that was one of the things we talked about chat GPT having a little issue with. Um, so differences in writing style, because there's a big difference between um, business or technical writing versus, hey, I'm just going to write a love letter to my wife. Um, you know, it, that's the right. conversational. But ChatGPT would be rigid and stringent and boxy. So do you see these diverging into, okay, this is an application for business and this is an application for personal? Or are they, is ChatGPT going to get better in the softer nuances of language and, and writing? Or is Gemini going to take over more of the space? Because now we've got this battle going back and forth with AI. And I see that growing. Yeah, no, that's Which good. Fine. Hey, maybe it'll be ten dollars. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. we'll. Yeah. It, it was sometimes with technology, technology will diverge, and it's like, okay, we've got kind of the same thing, but this has a better application for this, and this is a better application for this. Is that kind of what you see? And I, 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 I do see that actually, and and I think the other major difference right now, Steve, is that ChatGPT. Uh, they call them GPTs. They're these add-ons, these plugins, these little apps, whatever you want to call them, that you can add into ChatGPT so it can do things, right? Like it can read an Excel sheet. Probably could read it by itself, but you put this add-on in and it's like it becomes an expert at that, right? Or if you wanted to write a particular kind of code to build an app, it can do this. Gemini, on the other hand, at, at least at this point, doesn't have those in it. It just... It just does them. So I don't know what the real advantage is to that, um, but I feel like Gemini does a little better with code writing, for example. Uh, and then the other thing, the thing that I don't like about Gemini is that if you ask it, uh, if you do something like, okay, let's build an app together. Okay, let's build an app. You know, So then we, I start going down the rabbit hole of building an app, and an hour later I ask it something, and it goes, I'm a, I'm a large language model or an AI. I don't know how to do these type of things. Well, why have you been doing this? I've just been emulating, like, you know, like I'm a person. I forget how it So it's actually a Gemini. I know Gemini's. They like ba- that. It, <laughs> it, ba- <laughs> it basically told me that it was role playing with me Psych. for the last hour. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this in the beginning? So I didn't have to waste an hour. If you if you're gonna role play with me, just tell me that this is what you're doing, and that way I don't think that we're actually building an app together. Because that's what it did to me, which I was very frustrated. Because <laughs> you have all this extra spare time, you know. But I'm I'm using it to learn as well. So I'm gonna ask Gemini here actually, and we'll see what. Hey Gemini, did you get your crap together yet about this? So yeah. So tell me a little bit about the difference between you and Bard. So it's thinking right now. I'm taller and better looking. Still thinking. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what it comes. So it's not even going to talk back to me. Apparently you what heard its feelings. Heck? Here's a break. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's a breakdown of the key differences between me, Gemini Advanced, and Google Bard. Training data. Me. I'm trained on a massive data set of text and code, giving me a broad understanding of language and programming. 
Bard, Bard is also trained on a large text dataset that has a focus on factual information and search results. Access to information. Me. I can pre- so I so Bard a has there. a focus on factual oh. information, which means Gemini just makes crap up as it feels. <laughs> That's a good question. I was just you caught that too. I found that interesting. It's like, I, I, I I'm yeah, built Bar- to be a deep fake. <laughs> yeah. So Gemini giving me a broad understanding of language and programming. Bard was focused on factual yeah. information and search results. Okay. It is a Gemini. All right. Here's it's a <laughs> yes. Here's its answer to access to information. It's information from the real world through Google search. But I don't have the ability to continuously browse the web for the most up-to-date information. Bard, Bard is directly connected to the web, allowing it to provide more current and dynamic answers. So so far, it feels like Bard's winning so which this one argument. Becomes right? Good question. All right. So here are the strengths now between the two. Strengths. Me. I excel at creative text formats like poems, code scripts, musical pieces, email, letters, translating languages, and answering your questions in an informative way, even if they are open-ended, challenging, or strange. (laughs) So if I did the love letter to my wife in Gemini, she would really appreciate the Australian accent, I'm guessing. She probably would. I'm just saying that uh, she doesn't like your accident. Well, she doesn't like my accident either. So there you go. And we're back at the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. Since we ran out of time before, I guess we'll just continue talking about the difference between Gemini and Bard here. Uh, Okay, so Gemini... When we when we left off, strengths for Gemini, which is uh, Google's new artificial intelligence. They've changed the name from Bard to Gemini. And I asked Gemini the question about what are the key differences between the two, and it's been answering this. Um, so Gemini, it's one of its strengths. It excels, or not one, but many strengths. It, it excels at creative text formats like poems, code, scripts, musical pieces, email, letters, translating languages, and answering your questions in an informative way even if they are open-ended, challenging, or strange. So that's where we left off. This is this is Bard now. So Gemini basically did not throw Bard under the bus and say that Bard sucks. So No, it's just saying so can that... can you still access yeah, Bard? Exactly. Here's a breakdown of the key differences between me, Gemini. i got to see if I can move to that point here again. Maybe I can't. That's what happens when I don't know what I'm doing when I'm playing with stuff. Uh, obviously, it talks to you as well. I'm going to ask it that question next. Do you have other voices that we can use? Let's see how it answers that. Do you like the Australian accent? Okay. Well, I don't have other voices in the traditional sense. Here's what I can offer. Crikey. Well, here we go. We'll just well, I don't have other voices in the traditional sense. Here's what I can offer. Google Assistant voices. If you're using Google Assistant on a compatible device, phone, smart speaker, etc., you can change the voice. The options usually include several male and female voices. <laughs> so this is the other thing that's interesting with Gemini, by the way. I don't have Google Assistant in my phone anymore. How come? You know, 
because Gemini took over. It actually, when I installed Gemini oh. on my phone, it actually asked me if I wanted to use Gemini for everything or if I wanted to leave Google Assistant as it was. So now when I'm traveling, you know, let's say I want to use uh, Google Maps, for example, it's Gemini that's loading that stuff up, not Google Assistant anymore. And I find that um, I can tap the microphone button and ask questions. I could do this before, but the answers that I get now are way more, you know, whatever. And it'll, so for example, the other night I wanted to, I was just checking out where to go to eat, right? And I asked it, you know, what's in the five mile area around me that's Italian. I think I was looking for something else, but anyway, comes up with my list of Italian. Would you like to go here? Okay, that sounds good. It looks like it looks like this place requires a reservation. Would you like me to call and make a reservation for oh, you? Oh, I wonder what that would sound like on the other end. So while it'll sound just like what and, we were just hearing there, so you'd have this voice, but it would actually it would actually okay, make Okay, now a my question is yeah, if you're the mater D and you pick up the phone on the other end, are you having a conversation with Gemini? So Gemini will yes, go back and forth correct. with questions. Yes, yes. And it, and before before Gemini calls, it would probably ask me if I wanted to do that, how many people will you have uh, in the power party? What time would you like me to set the reservation for? So it knows this information before it calls. But this is where we're going with artificial intelligence. It's going to start doing these things for us. It'll start working with our doctor appointment. Any, anything that you can schedule, it will help you with those type of things. And then add it to your calendar, do all of this stuff. So it, it's just, it's just, it continues to layer on into that calendar appointment making type of scenario, which I actually think I will use quite. So, a bit. not something that ChatGPT does. Well, ChatGPT—that's a great question. Um, doesn't have the the core phone services, right? Right. Where Google does. So I think that's where the big difference is here is Google's looking at this and, and thinking that this is where its big differential will be. And, and cause ChatGPT, I mean, Microsoft is a big part of ChatGPT and Microsoft has not been successful. They tried for a while in having cell phones out there, but they've not been successful. It basically is Android and Apple. And my guess is that Apple will respond in kind. And have its own, and maybe it'll be ChatGPT on that side. But I know I've heard rumors that they are also developing their own. So it's interesting as to where this will go. But your device will become like this virtual assistant as we move forward because the AI is going to be so built is, into your phone. That brings me to the next question I was going to ask you. But before I do that, um, Bard, is Bard just gone now? Or did people that had work on BARD? Did that just migrate over? Is it going to migrate over? What's what's that look like? So everything everything that was in BARD did migrate over. So when I went to BARD.Google.com uh, and then it switched over to Gemini, uh, everything that was in my BARD conversational pieces, the, the conversation windows that were there, were, were brought over. But the way it's talking here, it sounds like Bard is still an option. I don't know if you have to be in the Google developer space to utilize Bard over Gemini. Uh, my guess is that Google is using Gemini as a tool to start 
you know, integrating into our phones so that it can use that AI to start doing things for us. And I suppose when you start really thinking about it, I mean, what are, what are the possibilities here? If your phone is able to do things for you, I'm just throwing that question out to you, Steve. I'm not really sure, other than making appointments and things, I mean, what else is possible? Okay, so this comes back to that next question then. Um, so we're seeing these ads pop up and, and for new phones, right? So get your new phone. And it was 4G and then you had to have the 5G phone. And now all of these phones have added two little letters onto them, AI. So do you have to have an AI phone or what does an AI phone look like compared to my regular 5G phone? Well, I think one of the things, and as you're bringing that up, it just it just occurred to me. So the Samsung 24 the one you that's didn't just get. coming out has one I didn't get. I got the 23 instead. I just couldn't wait. Sorry. I had so to love it I in. I'm sorry. I waited three months or whatever. But, but the difference. That's okay. I, the difference I, I, between I, AI versus, okay, that Samsung 23 or Samsung 20, What's the difference in the device itself? Well, so the... The 24 actually has built-in conversational um, translating for for languages. So if you're talking to somebody in Japanese, it'll actually, if you say hello, it'll actually convert it to Japanese and say hello. person says hello back to you, and the phone will actually do it for you. That is an AI tool built right into it. 24 languages. So you can speak to anybody in German and Russian, uh, I'm I'm sure... Swahili's in there too, but I, I guess I don't know 100% if it is or not. So it's more it's than just knowing the Swahili curse words in certain languages. Well, you know. <laughs> well, hey, I know the I'm, curse I'm words in, in I'm certain languages. I'm guessing I probably won't say those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many how many languages can you curse to me in, in Google? That would be great. That'd be fun to find out. Um, Yeah, I mean, so I think translation is interesting. Uh... I'm kind of lost when I'm thinking about other things right now, though. I just, I'm sure there's a million other ways that your phone is going to be. I mean, will, will it be where you can dictate a, an email? I mean, you can kind of do this already, right? Well, you, can you dictate an yeah, email to your now. phone and then send that off to, yeah. And then, but, but it can correct it for you. The AI can correct it. It makes suggestions for you. Oh, so so that you send that. somebody an email suppose. and they're all offended. You go, oh. It wasn't autocorrect anymore. It yeah, was you can blame AI, AI for that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but the but the question is. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Jim and I did not get the the gist <laughs> okay, of what so, I wanted to say. Again, so, nuance, sorry, language Steve. matters. But yep. the device itself, just I, I I I'm still trying to figure out how because AI is an app that's on my phone, my current phone, but. What well, is it? That's the question. So is now that the saying that the phone is AI, I, I, I don't understand where the line is. Is, is there a line? Is the line so blurred? Is, you know, what does AI add to my, that's built into the phone versus AI that's just an app? Well, again, I, as I'm thinking about it, cause I haven't, I haven't put a lot of thought into this yet, actually. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Uh, one of the things that phones always have a problem with, I mean, they, they overheat, 
They get sluggish after a while because you've put some stuff in there. Maybe you have too many photos, whatever it is. AI probably can help you with this stuff. It can optimize your phone at any given time. It can say you're not you're not really using it right now, so let's bring the battery down a little bit so your battery time lasts longer. I mean, there's all these little nuances to make the device better, work better, that AI could probably do in the background for you. So you're not in there, you know, like scrubbing, you know, that type of thing, these apps and these downloads that you have. You probably, you know, if you have a phone for two or three years, you probably have 200 APK sitting in some download file somewhere that you use to download uh, apps with that you've never deleted, right? So it takes up space. AI will clean all okay, this stuff Okay, remember when ChatGPT got a little angry with you? Okay, so yes. what if your AI phone gets angry with you and starts sending out naked pictures? <laughs> all right, I, I'm joking. Well, people will want to see my naked pictures. But... Who's to say? There was a movie about this. Yeah. Like two years ago, what was the name of that movie? And yeah, the phone was upset because its its owner was going out on dates and thought that it should be spending all its time with the phone instead, and it got jealous and the whole bit. So yeah, I mean that's a, that is certainly and then your a premise. Phone right? gets self aware, and your phone's with you everywhere. It's like, yeah, why is there a picture of me peeing at the urinal and? The- <laughs> on the internet i i don't know my phone was mad at me that day i i don't <laughs> so i think this is another conversation maybe this is a little homework for us but we should probably in a future episode of the tech ranch come back and have a list like a wish list of the things that we'd like our phones to do for us i mean is it out of realm to have the phone be the brain uh, to robots, for example, that that clean our windows and wash our cars and and well, that's, uh, all that's that not stuff. a stretch because take a look at your phone and look at all the different through apps, all the different things you can control. I can start my car. I can uh, turn the heat up in the house a half hour before I get home. I can control my Yarbo when I get one. Um, all kinds of you can control everything. So you just set your phone up to do that because, hey, it learns or actually it doesn't even have to learn. It just goes, okay, well, this is the route for you to go home. So um, you're 10 minutes away from your house. Time to kick the heat up. I mean, right? AI can do all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just all of that. Instead yeah, of having I, to log into an app and go, right okay, now. I'm going to turn the heat up. Well, your phone just does it for you. Or I walked right, out of the house right. and did I lock the door to the garage or not? Because a lot of people have locks they can control on through an app now. That That's a thing. Um, AI is going to go, no, your house is fine. Did I lock my door? House is fine. Yep. Yep. So I actually asked Google this question. Um, how will mobile phones use AI? AI is running on your phone behind the scenes for a variety of use cases, inferencing neural networks on your device to help you take better photos. I love neural networks. Are, Are you, you logged serious? into that chip that Elon did? This is... 
We were having this conversation the other day, not you and I, but I was talking to somebody else about the neural link, right? And uh um because there's Bluetooth <laughs> in this thing, right? And Bluetooth is used to communicate with if you have a spinal injury, of course, and communicate with the receiver on the other side so you can move your legs again or whatever. But if the person next to you has this as well and it knows what you're thinking, how is it? It's not a stretch of the imagination for me to think that Steve will also know if I want to send him a message telepathically now or Bluetoothy. I, I we have to come up with it can't be telepathy, but uh, or telepathy. But uh, it's interesting. What what's what's to stop that from happening? Nothing. Although my question is, if you walk into a comedy show and you know how they have that dampening field for your phone, so your phone doesn't go off. Yes. Yeah. All that stop. You can't walk anymore. You can't think anymore. You just. <laughs> All you can do is laugh. You just That's it. Sit there Your and one laugh. job in life is to laugh at the jokes. <laughs> Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. New open AI technology can create realistic video from a line of text. So I can just text somebody, hey, I thought up this really cool script for a movie, and boom, done? Sure. I I don't know if it'll be that long, but so AI program called Sora, S-O-R-A, renders richly detailed videos based on written prompts. Well, you knew that had to be coming because we, we've been doing it for photos for a little while, right? So, and it's open AI, which is chat GPT. Is there a closed oh AI? It just doesn't stop. And that's a great question. Uh, I'm watching a video right now what did you All text right. yourself? The new system called Sora takes a written prompt and renders a richly detailed video through artificial intelligence. OpenAI, which created ChatGPT, said a group of researchers will identify ways the program could be misused. <laughs> that, that was my very first okay. question to you. Obviously, and, and I didn't about think it about well. it at first, and then you just went there. And what was the one thing with the? New goggles that are out. The Apple goggles. Can't oh, the, use uh, this for yeah, porn. Yeah, Vision Pro. <laughs> yes, that was basically yes, the same statement yeah. without saying it. Yes. Everybody's going to be, everybody be buying yep. them for that reason now. Yeah, because there'll be apps that'll come out that'll circumvent all of that, of course. So OpenAI is introducing a technology that uses artificial intelligence to create high-quality videos from text descriptions. Uh, the company released short clips showcased in Vivid. Seemingly realistic videos, including woolly mammoths trekking across a snowy field, which will be true in North Dakota, by the way, pretty soon. Ocean waves crashing against a cliff shoreline and people doing everyday things like reading a book or walking down a city street. Now, these aren't real videos. These are augmented videos, which in some cases you really can't. It's hard to tell them apart. These these are created videos. It's not augmented uh, video on top of... Uh, that they that they kind of like it's going really fast finding a video of a video. waves crashing on the beach creates right. the it, waves it crashing just created on the beach. It. That's correct, but it has something you know. It learned what that looks like, right? I don't know, and I know. I'm not sure if you can see this or not, but I'm just going to show it to you here. But don't these these videos? Yeah, they, they look do. real, do they not? What are you uh, seeing right now? You're up on a or there's a stage and. Somebody speaking it. Yeah. A young lady is now speaking. This is all done 
through Sora. <laughs> I don't see six fingers at all. So if the so if the, like so if the president the can actually sometimes. put a full sentence together, we know it's uh, not really him, right? Well, because that's, I can that's see that's this, the this, I mean, this right? has got I mean, deep the, fake written all over it. Oh yeah, all over it. With with I mean, so can you type in current president of the United States? And this might be what they're talking about when they say. A group of researchers will identify ways the program could be misused. So I'm going to guess one of the ways it can be misused is anybody who's a politician or a celebrity that you cannot emulate those people. I mean, that would be the first thing that I would put into the programming because that could be devastating to anybody. Beyond a, a politician or a celebrity, it could be devastating to anybody. Anyway, I think about cyberbullying. There's there's all kinds of things. I just I'm just thinking top of mind. Okay, but you know, presidential election and the video comes out two days before the election and they don't have time to pull it back off the social what's media frightening or though? whatever. These are the things well, that are going to happen. To me, this is the most frightening part. Where did both of us go? All the nefarious uses. We we didn't we didn't start well, knocking out positive uses. We went to okay. What are the nefarious uses for this app? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positive things. I'm sure marketing videos. If you need a a um, a video of a cat strolling down a beach and you don't have time to go capture that video for whatever reason, there's all I could see all kinds of cool positive things. Probably more on the I need a video um, of a cool cat strolling down the beach and Marlo's suddenly there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. But it is interesting that you're right that I mean the first things we do is go and uh, I'm looking at the there. woolly mammoth right now. Oh my, oh my goodness! This woolly mammoth walking down this is incredible. That Main Street. It truly is. Well, they have it in a snowfield, but you know you do know that that uh, they're attempting to uh-huh. create woolly mammoths, right? Yeah, and where you and I live, full time. Is one of the well, places and, that they talked about. And, and if you recall going back, and that because Marlo and I both live in North Dakota, and there was this New York Times article about Buffalo Commons back in the day, where North Dakota is such oh, a yeah. flyover state, everybody day. should be kicked out and just turn it back into Buffalo Commons, Buffalo Plains, let them roam free. Right, okay, we're going to get booted out for woolly mammoths. Although I'm thinking I might have a good time on that bone-in ribeye. Be for a week <laughs> off of that sucker. I'm, I'm just trying to think of how you, you know, keep them. I, there's fence. no fence for that. That's there's, kind there's of no my fence. point. Yes. I'm going to be playing with this, so I'm telling you right now, Sora is cool. Sora, I need a video of me with my hair just. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that well, that would right. be the thing, right? Are we are we going to be able to upload upload video or of us, for example, and say, hey, can you can you let me see what I would look like twenty years? Well, I guess they kind of do. You can. Yeah, there's do aging that now, programs out there, but video. Exactly, but they're okay, not but usually so videos. Think about this, though. So you know, take a take a look at the in media, and you've got and 
age discrimination is a thing. They may say it's not or call it something else, but it is a thing. So you've got your your nightly news anchor that's been there for 30 years, and they've done a great job, but somebody in a boardroom goes, they're looking a little old. Wow. You, you yeah. run an actual newscast or something through this or they never age. They never age. The other thing I was, I was just, so I'm watching this old town on a stream. Well, kind of a river runs through a type of scenario and there's uh, a dirt road on both sides. And it kind of looks like a main street on both sides. A lot of, a lot of businesses with this river running through it. Um, from 150 years ago, right? There are people riding horses and whatever, all done in Sora, by the way. Um, what, how cool would it be to take your favorite book, put it into Sora and watch it come to life? You know, cause there's a lot of books that, you know, you might have a favorite book that's never been made into a movie. Yeah. Um, this would be a very interesting way to maybe make that happen, right? That would be pretty cool. Okay, so then you, so you're the author, and then you can come up with the screenplay, and here's the movie, and then you shop that to a studio? Because you could create the characters based off of what your vision of a character is. You could do it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's probably at least scenes, right? You could, you could, uh, I don't know how long a video you can, you can create in Sora right now. These all look like they're 20 seconds ones. Well, okay. The first one, the, the wild or the, the Western town scene, 25 seconds. There's this kind of, uh, outback bus that's running through a mountain, uh, that's 20 seconds long. This next one is 20 seconds long in an art gallery. So. But if you've ever watched a movie, I mean, there's hardly a scene that's ever 20 seconds long, period. And I mean, most of the time the camera's on somebody for two seconds, three seconds over here, eight seconds over that way. I mean, it's just all these little shots that they piece together. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to February 17th on the National Day calendar. Today, we're honoring a versatile vegetable and celebrating a day dedicated to spreading kindness. It's a leafy green or could be a purple plant. It's one of the oldest vegetables dating back to 600 BC. Can you guess what it is? Yes, it's cabbage. It's a staple in many types of cuisines around the world due to its versatility and health benefits. Whether it's served raw in a crunchy coleslaw or fermented into a tangy sauerkraut or even stuffed and rolled into delicious cabbage rolls, cabbage dishes can be incredibly varied and delicious. On National Cabbage Day, we celebrate this humble vegetable that packs a nutritional punch. And on and on it went. The elements came together and burst apart, forming shoes and shits and sealing wax and cabbages and kings. So I didn't know that when I put sauerkraut on my hot dog that it's now healthy. That's so fantastic. <laughs> that is that that is not what that is. <laughs> That's too bad. 
From the vegetable world of cabbages, we move to a realm of compassion and care. Random Acts of Kindness Day encourages us to make the world a better place with simple, spontaneous gestures of goodwill. From helping a neighbor with groceries, surprising a co-worker with a cup of coffee, or giving up your seat on a crowded bus, it's the little things that can make a big difference. Today, let's spread positivity and brighten others' days with our acts of kindness. When you help someone in Okay, what are you doing to celebrate today? I know you have some big plans and I'm going to follow you. What are you doing? I usually, on this day, I usually will pay for like two or three cars behind me um, and like a drive-thru line. So Starbucks, you know, canes, Chick-fil-A's. Nice. Random and anonymous acts of kindness. <laughs> Hopefully I'm in the car behind you, right? <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> I'm LaToya Johnson. I'm Marlo Anderson. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate every day on Destination Celebration. And go out and do something kind. This is Outdoor Issues with Nia Roberts and North Dakota Game and Fish Outreach Biologist Greg Gullickson. Youth and pheasants are a combination that the Pheasants for the Future Club focuses on. Sitting in for Greg this week is Club Director Mike Geetson. And Mike, tell us how your club works with youth across the region. Yeah, so there's been a long-standing tradition with the Pheasants for the Future here in Minot to provide opportunities for kids to go out and chase the elusive rooster. And in the state of North Dakota, the kids get an opportunity to go and hunt before every other resident gets to. So we make sure that we provide them a couple different locations for them to go out and chase that ringneck. Uh, one of them is by South Prairie School, and the other one's located over by Butte. And both of those locations are on our website, pftf.org. Good stuff, Mike. And hey, we'll talk more on youth and pheasants when we come back. The Barrington Bollinger Red Angus production sale is Wednesday, February 21st at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time at the ranch near Powers Lake. Selling 90 powerful yearling bulls and 30 fancy yearling heifers. Bulls are fed free until April 1st, delivered free within 500 miles and fully guaranteed. Online bidding will also be available through dvauction.com. The Barrington Bollinger Red Angus production sale, Wednesday, February 21st, 1 p.m. near Powers Lake. View the catalog at bbredangus.com. Monin Stats, Fry's Appearance, Vermilion Rough Rider, Riddle Roosevelt. Just a sampling of the industry-leading Angus genetics from Riddle Angus. The annual sale, Monday, February 26th, 1 p.m. at Stockman's East in Dickinson. Five open heifers and 85 yearling Angus bulls that are passed LXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. ABC News, I'm Mark Remillard. A $355 million fine leveled against former President Trump. The judge overseeing his New York civil fraud case leveling that penalty Friday. Trump's attorneys vowing an appeal, but former federal prosecutor Khan Nowaday thinks it'll be difficult. The judge has really set a very tight record where Donald Trump is going to have very few means upon which to appeal. The judge also barring Trump from doing business in New York for three years. The House is on a two-week recess. The move, though, drawing the ire of Democrats as Republicans left town without taking up a Senate-passed military aid package for Ukraine. Russian prison officials say Alexei Navalny, the most high-profile opposition leader against Russian President Putin, has died in a Siberian prison. Navalny was serving a 19-year sentence. He was 47. Crews on scene at a home explosion in Sterling, Virginia, that killed one firefighter and injured 11. This is... 
ABC News. New studies adding to mounting evidence that exercise can help with depression. Walking, jogging, yoga, and strength training show notable effectiveness against depression, particularly at higher intensities. That's according to a study in the British Medical Journal that analyzed data from 218 other studies. Over 14,000 people of all ages with depression were studied. But the British Journal authors say they could only be sure of one particular study's lack of bias. All the other studies might be subpar. So, more studies needed. ABC's Chuck Sievertson. Former NBA player and survivor contestant Scott Pollard has received a heart transplant. His wife announcing that on social media Friday night. She says the surgery went well and she called the heart a perfect fit. Pollard, who turned 49 this week, needed a transplant after a virus likely triggered a genetic condition that damaged his heart. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. Windy conditions today. We'll see gusts over 40 miles per hour out of the west. Sunshine and a high near 41. Clear tonight, lows around 17, still a bit breezy. For Sunday, increasing clouds with a high near 38. Monday, mostly sunny with highs near 40. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is made from his original family recipe. Pick some up at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, it's 37. This is McGruff the Crime Dog, and I need you to help me take a bite out of crime. Counterfeit products are popping up everywhere. If you think buying them is harmless, think again. Counterfeits are usually made with hazardous and even lethal ingredients that could harm you and others. And the money you paid, it goes right into the hands of criminals. Remember, if you don't know where the products came from, how could you know where the money goes? You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Learn more at McGruffPSA.org. This message is brought to you by the United States Patent and Trademark Office and the National Crime Prevention Council. Your destination for travel news and ideas. RM World Travel. Sunday morning, starting at 5 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So we're talking about Sora. This is a new OpenAI product, S-O-R-A. You can actually type in a prompt, a sentence, and it'll create a movie or create a video from it. So we were just talking about this, and Steve, this plays right into it. I was, I'm on their website. I'm going through this stuff. The prompt, the second one that I see here is a movie trailer featuring the adventures of a 30-year-old spaceman wearing a red wool knitted motorcycle helmet, blue sky, salt desert, cinematic style, shot on 35-millimeter film. See if there's more to it. Uh, vivid colors. That's the prompt. And here's this guy wearing a wool knitted red motorcycle helmet walking in the desert towards a spacecraft. Just like an episode of Mystery Science Theater and 3000? It looks, it looks incredibly real. Yeah, it does. And the first one, the woolly mammoth one, the prompt is several giant woolly mammoths approaching 
treading through a snowy meadow, meadow, their long, woolly fur lightly blows in the wind as they walk, snow-covered trees and dramatic snow effects. And it's three woolly mammoths walking towards me on this screen in a snowy meadow. It's, it's unbelievable. And it looks so real. I cannot wait to play with this. And they, I think you're right. I think this truly changes storytelling. I mean, if you can take a page out of Mark Twain and just put it in there as the prompt and then this, this story of a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court comes alive. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay. So let's take baby steps. Crawl before we can walk. What does okay. this do for YouTube videos? TikTok videos. Oh my the, goodness. The, the whole, and I'm thinking, because I still don't think it's a thing. At least I don't want to admit it's a thing. Um, influencers. The ability for an influencer to, yeah. it's massive. It's now, and, and they're already yeah. cued into I, monetizing I mean, yeah, that. I mean, you think about, uh, one of the challenges I get asked, as you know, all the time, uh, about making video around national days. And I haven't even, I haven't even done the things that I've Sorry, I just did it for you. I mean, I want to, when it's National Pancake Day, that's right. When it's National Pancake Day and, and I want to sit down in front of a bunch of pancakes with a bucket of maple syrup and pour it all over the thing. I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great YouTube or a. <laughs> I think somebody's uh, already did a video right? of pouring maple syrup all over themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I said the pancakes, oh, yeah, but it's not I, me. I've seen you eat. It's going to go everywhere. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, you know, that ability to create content like this is going to be absolutely amazing, especially if you can upload like photos of yourself and then create things from that, which I'm sure will be the next thing. You know, even if you can't do it right away, uh, that will be the next thing that you can do because you can upload photos into ChatGPT right now and have it analyze the photo for you. And it does a pretty good job there as well. It's just incredible. I, I, I have no words. Why well, I'm making up a lot of words here, but um, the imagery is unbelievable. It truly is. So if somebody wants to check that out, it's just Sora. So, oh, yeah, openai.com slash Sora, S-O-R-A. There is a Sora that's a reading company, I think it is. I'll just I'll check it out real quick. Um. But if you type in Sora, you're going to get all kinds of uh, news stories too. Yeah, op open a world of reading. Try Sora, the new reading app for students. So there's that. that but that's Sora app, just so that everybody knows. If you just type in OpenAI and Sora, you'll get a preview of what this is. I don't know when this is coming out. But my guess is probably pretty soon because I don't think they'd be making a big splash about it if it wasn't going to be available pretty soon. Well, and usually when something comes out, I look at it two ways. One is, does it improve your your life, or is it a tool that you can use for basically home use versus a commercial use? Right. So, yeah. This could be a little of both, probably. I'm thinking, too, it's like, okay, so you plan this family vacation and grandma passed away before you went on the trip, but you were planning this trip with grandma and now you can have those memories, at least the photos of grandma and the trip. 
Oh my goodness. You're opening up a whole nother bag of whatever here because that's what I do. Can you even, when you grow up now, can, can you, can you believe the photographs and the, the videos that you have of your family? When Wait you a minute. A there's kid? a sci-fi movie about that. <laughs> I'm sure there whole is. Whole new identity. You don't know. You were three. You don't remember that. You don't know. But here you go. All right, so Sora can generate videos up to one minute long. So there's a constraint to them. So that's about perfect, though, for YouTube or TikTok. Or... Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so absolutely. now that President Biden is on TikTok, even though it's outlawed off of government devices, but he signed up for the, his political campaign. So <laughs> you can just do all these videos on Sora. You're cracking me up now. Be a great candidate, right? There's just all kinds of opportunity. I I can't even. I mean, we talk about this now. What does the next election look like yeah. four years from now? <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness! I'm just telling you. I just I just think it's going to be, you know, off the hook with how do you even tell the difference anymore. Oh, and not to be outdone, by the way, Google has its own version of Sora called Lumiere. <laughs> L-U-M-I-E-R-E. That's probably why Sora came out in the last day, because Lumiere uh, launched a week ago. Google launches Lumiere text-to-video beast, is what they're saying about it. It's a beast? So I'm digging into this now, too. Well, that's what somebody called it, yes. Google's Lumiere AI video generation is everyone stunned is another um, headline. Google unveils its most promising text-to-video model yet. Google has just dropped a video generation model called Lumiere that's capable of doing it all. So it talks about it, but I can't find a link to actually using it except on GitHub. So that's the, so oh, that's the interesting part, though. GitHub. It's like, there's such a race going on when it comes to AI generated anything. And this is an AI piece. And somebody launches something and something's right there. It's just a little back and forth game right now. It is. Nobody wants no. to be outdone either. They don't, nobody wants to wait, right? That's the thing. Well, I'm looking at, at, at um, some of the Lumiere stuff. Here's Mona Lisa laughing <laughs> on her painting. It's was she hilarious. laughing after the environmentalists threw is... the soup on them? Uh, on her, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was laughing oh, after that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's what she should do. She, she should uh, have the, yeah, that's right, have the soup fly on her first, and then she can start laughing. That's a good video. Unbelievable. Yeah, here's a panda eating popcorn out of a popcorn box. There's a honeybee trying to attack a jar of honey. <laughs> Just all these things, right? It's uh, it's quite amazing. Text to video, everybody. I, I would have never, you know, Dolly just came out, I would say, you know, a year and oh, a half ago. Dolly is so 2022. Come on. Seriously. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's hard to believe because when you think about video, video, all it is is just stitching of photos together. 
generally nowadays at, at 22 frames a second, but it can be 60 or 100 frames a second. People can set that nowadays, but I think most cinematic stuff is 22 frames a second, right? That means 22 pictures for every second. So if you have a minute video, you take that times 60, you're at 1,320 stills that this Sora or Lumiere can produce from text. And it wasn't that long ago we were just typing in a prompt to create a single still, a single photo. Now it's able to do 1,320 of them. And these, these are not, these are not small things, everybody. I mean, a photo takes a lot of memory. I bought, I bought a, computer in the 80s, I always laugh about this, we had a choice between a 10 meg and a 20 meg hard drive. It was $600 more for the extra 10 megs of that hard drive. That's more, that's less memory than most photographs are nowadays. Wow. When you think about that. And we don't even think anything of that space, right? So, I mean, I, it, okay. it, it's truly You've got my brain going right now because I'm thinking it's like, holy crap. You know, go back to Dolly. And now... You know, yeah, that little um, exercise. And where are we going to be in three months, six months, a year? It's it's just incredible how quickly this stuff is advancing. A lot of it has to do with how how cheap storage is now compared. You know, like I said, six hundred dollars for an extra ten megs. You know, thirty years ago, nowadays, I mean, ten dollars buys you a lot of memory. You know, so. There is that, uh, and that helps us along a lot. Of, but I just think I'm looking at this, and I'm I'm like, how are we ever going to be able to to actually know what to trust in the future? Was it AI? Was is it Memorex or is it real or is it live? You know, I I, I don't know. Okay, so I, I really don't know. I mean, the only thing you can the only thing you can probably say that you can trust in the future are live events. And I have a feeling oh, no, no, that no, somehow no, no, that no, will be manipulated no. sometime in the We've future. We've discussed as well. this, and the hologram, Whitney Houston. It's like at a certain point, can you trust the live event? Well, right, right, because it's holographic. I mean, and yeah. look how impressive holographics becoming. Right, right. And you're right. As as that as that uh, gets better and better and better, uh, the thing I think the thing with holographics though is that it will um, if you're filming it, you'll be able to tell the difference. But in a live, thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. Well, so yeah. I've always thought that robots are kind of cool. And, you know, we have some running around the shop. Still haven't gotten the bigger Besides one Besides just robot vacuum cleaners. Yeah, I Thanks for reminding me. I need to get a hold of them, don't I? <laughs> You're just so busy. <laughs> yeah. But just just, just like the, uh, um, yeah. The, Yarbo. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the name of it now. Well, thank you. We say it a hundred million times on every show. Samsung's Bally robot is now a projector that follows you around. Okay. So wasn't there like, wasn't there like a, and was it the Jetsons maybe even that had a, a, a projector or maybe one of the robots yeah, that Rosie had a screen to of project shoot. things yeah. onto the wall or whatever? R2-D2 okay. did. 
So okay, this, hey, maybe there maybe there's that actually, science we were looking that's right, for. There we go from Star Wars because it really hasn't been a lot. There we go, right there. So Samsung has this robot. It's been around for a couple of years and never really went anywhere. Um, but now it's back and it follows you around. It has a projector built into it. So anytime you want to watch a movie or whatever, it'll just, just set up and watch them. It'll, uh, put the movie out on the, on the, um, wall for you or what have you, which is interesting. I think it probably makes more sense like in schools and that type of thing, you know, where you need to maybe be a little more mobile. Uh, it has AI built into it as well. I'm not sure what that's about. I'm just throwing that out there for, for gadgets, right? Um, and it's kind of cool looking. So if you, you know, have an extra couple thousand dollars, you don't know what to spend it on. There's the Bally robot that you can have roll around your house for business or school and, and, uh, so project things for you. We have this conversation about drones all the time and a drone, a UAV is a platform. What you put on that platform is the nuts and bolts, but the device itself is just a platform. It's a delivery system. It's the mobility side of it. Same could be said with robots. Robots and too, And I'm sure right? as I'm just read, yeah, I'm sure as I'm thinking or as I'm talking about it and I'm making light of it a little bit, but I'm sure there's a very significant reason why they developed this. And I'm just not at the top of my game today to think about it. I'm still stuck <laughs> on Sora. Oh, I can't get past the fact that I can type a line into a, a on my okay. computer and it'll make a so video. So Sora, that's just incredible. Which develops the videos of text to video. You mentioned that you didn't know why they would have AI in this video robot. Combine the two. So now you think about a think about a conference room where yes. you've got a whiteboard up and you're spitballing and you're having a, a boardroom meeting and you're trying to plan something out. It's kind of like those three guys in the Yeti commercial. I love that commercial. It's like, hey, we're going to overcharge for something. Yeah, it's, a, it's a Yeti. It's a cooler. Yeah. Um, but now you've got the AI robot with the projector. So you just eliminated the whiteboard. You... You have the ability for AI to integrate your talk to text and then project that onto a screen in real time. Think of what a board meeting looks like or a, a spitball session or you, you eliminated the whiteboard and all these different disjointed segmented pieces and they're not disjointed and segmented anymore. You think about... uh you're, you're spot on with this as I'm thinking about it too, because you could be, you know, planning a, an event and you could say, you know, in, to Sora that, uh, um, I need a, an event ven, venue with a stage for 300 people based on a Star Trek theme. And then, you know, create that venue for me. And then boom, on the screen in a couple minutes, you'll have Sora's rendering of what that event could look like you're, using this projector. You're putting together That's a business really proposal. really kind of cool. Uh, answering an RFP. Boom, done. Here's the video of what your event is going to look like. Here's the video of all of that. 
what your service is going to look like, whatever that request for a proposal was. I wonder, I wonder how long of a prompt you can put in there. I mean, can an architectural firm, we're going, mm-hmm. going right back to Sora here. <laughs> on, it's just uh, one piece, but though. It's because of this little think of it as the integration thing. side of it. It's just one piece. It's, it's combining it all, all right, these pieces. Right. Because eventually that's what we're doing. We're, we're putting all these, that's what AI is going to do. Integrate all these different pieces into one place, one platform. That's really the brilliance of AI eventually. We're not there yet. Might be there next week, but all these different pieces coming together, it's kind of a sum of the parts. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is interesting, and I know you brought this up before the show, actually. I didn't realize that it was actually newsworthy. Uh, are dating apps too addictive? A class action lawsuit claims some are. You have some, you have some knowledge of dating this, app in my you? life. <laughs> well, I didn't say you were using a dating app, but you, yeah, but you know about all the of lawsuit. the news this last week. Um, actually, they launched the lawsuit ironically on Valentine's Day. And the premise of it is you're going to have, so you're supposed to, these, these dating apps, and there's a bunch of them. There's three major ones. They all fall under match. Um, if you remember match.com, well, yeah, there's uh, one other one that's part of there. Yeah. Uh, The one I'd never heard of. The league Um, is another one. Yep. So the premise is, you're going to pay for a service. You're going to get hooked up with a potential long-term relationship or mate, or at least that's what they started out as. Um, and you're going to utilize the service, find somebody, and then get off the service. Well, the premise of the lawsuit is that's not how they're operating. They're getting you on the service and then upselling you and keeping you on the service and not letting you move on off of the service because it's not in their financial benefit for you to find that significant other and then move on. So there's a whole bunch of, well, I guess, yeah, but there's a whole bunch of algorithms and things that are designed according to the lawsuit that are designed to lock you in and keep you there. Not deliver on the service promise. So are they matching you? Are they maybe matching you with people that, that wouldn't be uh, long-term well, we don't know that yet. possibilities for relationships That's, and more short-term we'll type We'll find of that thing? out in the lawsuit. That's interesting though, right? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's an uh, algorithm out there that, that has been developed that probably, I mean, that would be my guess, right? How do you keep a person on your service longer? Well, let's right. keep them dating for as long as possible. I mean, that to me would be what what makes sense here, right? So how do we do that? Well, let's give this person many prospects and uh, never allow them to actually choose somebody because we're just going to keep, you know, feeding them new possibilities all the time. I mean, that would be the way I would look at it, I guess. So there's an interesting divergence between the business model and the promise of the service that they intended to deliver and that that's that gray area in between that's where the lawsuit is so a lot of people apparently not finding that match and not happy about it 
So how much AI do you a think lot. is involved here? Behind the scenes, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to think so as well. You're listening to Technology Comes Alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. So are you still working from home? Or did your job... I, I work all over the place. Work at the I work from home sometimes. I work. Well, you in, do. Yeah. Not the case. That was a question yeah. everybody listening to us right now, though. I mean, are you? So the big move, of course, is to bring people back to the office. And I think Elon Musk actually had a lot to do with that because he just got tired of all the staff at Tesla working from home. And he basically, I think this was like a year ago. He said, all right, I've had enough of this line in the sand. You're coming back to work at the office or you are just not going to work here anymore. And some people, I think, left. Most people came back. Not that he has a problem recruiting people to work for Tesla. There was a I'm lot sure. of people, though, that and wanted to go back to work. It was the social side of stuff. I I like, agree with I need that. People. I think there's a, but yeah. there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people, though, that used it as and, and to Elon's case said producti- productivity just dropped, just tanked. And, you know, you're working from home and, and there's your favorite soap opera, opera on or you got the lawn the mow or whatever. Clothes to wash. I mean, you know, these things are all distractions when you're at home. I, I'm i one that needs to be away from the house to work. I can I can only do it in very, very short space. Well, And that was the metric for me with a lot of people so. working from home is, okay, What's the productivity? Measure that because nobody was measuring the productivity at the time. It's like, okay, everybody's working from home. Great, but what's the productivity? Now there are people that work better from home. Um, The people that can multitask. Um, Quite often the people that would take their work home with them. Um, Typically people who work better from home. So I, I think where a lot of business and industry failed is identifying the metric that Where's the productivity? Because if you're working in a position that you can work from home and you're more productive at home because you're not commuting for an hour and a half to get to work and an hour and a half to get home and trying to figure out what to do for lunch, um, you know, you use some of that time that, okay, I'm going to let the dog out. Um, you're more productive. that, that's three hours in your day you got back. So personally, you're more productive. And that's really easy to equate business-wise to being more productive. But there's also that discipline that has to come along with working from home as well. Not everybody can do it. You you mentioned you, I, I'm guessing you get distracted or you have distractions pop up because, well, Marlo's here. So I'll just ask him, well, pretend he's not there. He's working. Right. Right. And, you know, my, my house is, especially my workspace is, is my ultimate geek man cave. So I have all kinds of distractions going on. You know, I got, I got my little guitar sitting over there. In fact, I got a couple musical instruments that all, it's a squirrel's paradise. On. There's a 3D printer over there. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff going on in my place that, that would be, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah. And I think that, you know, but with that said, I'm just, there's so many opportunities out there. So, but I think on, I'm just going to stay with the workforce scenario for a little bit, right? I think business owners 
are in this dilemma right now too, especially if they have leases coming due on their buildings and all these things. Am I better off owning two floors of a high rise in Chicago or, or renting two floors of a high rise in Chicago or just giving that up and moving my entire workforce to home and then not having to pay for this space, even though my productivity isn't as high? Well, you got to look at the margins. Absolutely. Does that make sense? So if, if you have a, a yeah. 5% drop in productivity, but uh, your bottom line is going to save 20% because you're losing the overhead of having to have that space. Now, you also have to factor in the increased technology. Are you paying for your employees' Wi-Fi uh, because they're utilizing their home Wi-Fi? Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors. There's business costs, but what right. are those business costs you can mitigate without a big hit in that productivity or a big hit? By the way, you have all these distractions. So my office at home, I took a, a spare bedroom and I didn't put anything up on the walls. I just, it's business stuff. So basically it's one big cubicle and I took nothing that, you know, everybody at their desk has personal items and picture of their white guy. Nothing. Because yep. Yep. to me, that's a distraction. So I, my office space at home, when I shut the door, is as generic and antiseptic as possible. There are no distractions in there. Wow. Because otherwise I get distracted. Sure. Well, you've got, you've got a system that obviously works for you. So that's fantastic. Um, but with that said, if you're, if you are a work from home person or want to be, there certainly isn't a shortage of jobs for you. Oh my goodness. In fact, you couldn't even, you couldn't be in a better time to work from home than you are right now. But there's opinion. a crossroads with there's that just though. So many too, job opportunities. Go back pre pandemic and there was some technology, but look where the technology is now that has afforded the ability to work at home whether it's Zoom or Team or pick a platform, um, yeah, all of all it, of it right? it's about the connectivity. So while you may not be there in person, you are still connected to the office. You're connected to the business. Right. So from that perspective, five years ago, you couldn't have done this. You, you just could not in, in most. At least no, not as easily. In, or cost effectively. And and you even think about the storage of documents and things, right? I mean, I live in Google. Uh, so other people live in Microsoft. But, but you know, you have all this cloud storage that goes on with all of our documents. So, you know, instead of having a file cabinet full of stuff or hard drives full of things in a local office, it's now on the cloud that you can share easily to other people. Um, you can keep stuff for yourself. You can share the stuff that needs to be shared out if you're working on a presentation together. These are easy things to do without ever leaving the comforts of your home or your local coffee shop or whatever. So it's very easy to do these things, but you just have to have the discipline to do it. So you do not have the discipline to do it because you're a squirrel. Um, <laughs> so what's your, what's your attention span? Because there are things you have to do at home. You, you can't just bug out to a coffee shop when you want to get some work done. Most people can't yeah, do that. I mean, I would say that I, 
it, it kind of depends on what, what I'm working on, Steve. If I have multiple things, let's say I'm diving into my email, which is just this rabbit hole, um, then then it takes me in 15 minutes. I'm like, I need to be done with this. I can't take this anymore, right? But if I'm doing something like I'm building an app, right, or I'm figuring this thing out, and that can keep my attention until the next morning. I mean, I can work through the night and not even so know that it, that the whole night work. just went by. And you make fun of me all the time when I say I hate email. Same thing. It's it is. It is the busy work that drives me crazy and I wanna I wanna escape from it. So and that's probably why I like coffee shops so much when I'm doing busy work, because there's a lot of distraction going on in there. I can get my mind off of something or talk to somebody for a minute or two and get and then go back to my next little whatever I'm working on, right? Because it's these little three, five, eight minute projects that I'm or going through emails that that uh um doesn't keep my focus very long. So technology, what what are some of the things, platforms, um, what are the, the key pieces of technology that allows you to work? And I won't say at home, I'll say remotely. Because whether you're going to the coffee shop, or because maybe that's how you work best, or you're sitting at a home office, what's the technology out there that you've seen some changes that really have made a an altering difference in that technology you live with every day? So what What's been out there is, you know, I, first and foremost, I think of the Zooms and the Teams and the ability to have that interactive time. But what are some of the other things that you utilize that makes it possible to work remotely? Well, I think a couple things. Uh, connectivity is one. You know, the ability to connect at many different places. So coffee shops are great for that, of course. They all have Wi-Fi some of them don't have the greatest Wi-Fi in the world. So like where I'm at in Vegas right now, I have a couple of coffee shops that I go to, not so much because of the coffee, but because of the great internet they have. Because, you know, unfortunately, in this town, the Wi-Fi in hotels, for the most part, is terrible. But that's planned. And, uh, that's even intentional. That I'm, it is planned. You know, so even like this this connection that you and I are sharing right now is off of my phone. You know, so I, you know, of course, like most people have the ability to create their own Wi-Fi hotspot now. And with 5G, it's, it's certainly capable of handling audio and even, even okay video, uh, for streaming purposes. And, and so that's fantastic. So I think though that ability, you know, my laptop is relatively light. So it's easy to carry this thing around. Um, even the microphone that I'm using right now, I mean, it is a, a stand-up condenser mic and a plug, but plugs into a USB port. So it's not a, like a, a DSL, I think is what the old connections are, or even the connections of the one that you're using in our, in our studio that you're at right now, Steve. So, um, DLR, is it DLR? DLR. DLR is the connector. So, Anyway, um, so that for me is, is the big deal. I mean, I can, I can have some gadgets in my bag and, and now I'm a road warrior. It's, it's really pretty easy to do that nowadays. Um, I know a lot of people and there's industries that are even popping up around this, you know, but I know a lot of people who have taken to this lifestyle and actually travel. Um, and then when I say travel, it's not your typical three days here or whatever. They'll just move to a town for a month or two, stay there. And then when they're ready to move on, they'll just move on. They're still doing their job, 
but they either have a camper, a little RV that they're taking around, or they use things like landing, which is something that I use uh, occasionally, and I can rent a place for 30 days or, or two years if I want to stay in a place, and then I can just move to the next place in 375 different towns. They're, they're basically apartments, uh, little little timeshare type of scenarios uh, that's full-time. So, And that company is going crazy which means that there are a lot of people that like that ability to move around a little bit, enjoy, enjoy Austin, Texas for a month or two, then go to New York and go to go to Florida during the winter. I mean, these are things that are possible nowadays because of what we're talking about. I got about. a friend that uh, maybe not fully that concept, but uh, um, his office is basically off the grid, and he functions in that capacity quite often it's like ah, i'm gonna stay here for a couple of weeks or he'll go someplace on a business trip and hey he's gonna stay there for uh maybe a month uh do a little exploration but he works kind of off of that model where uh he's completely 100 percent portable and i look at coffee shops i mean i think coffee is great I, I, you know, I'm, I'm new to the coffee scene when it comes to actually drinking coffee. I was always kind of a Diet Coke person, I guess, but, uh, but I'm starting to enjoy coffee. I'm, I don't drink Diet Coke so much anymore or other sodas. Um, but it's, I've noticed this growth in coffee shops all over the place. And it certainly isn't because more and more people are drinking coffee. I don't think, I think it's become the new workplace yeah. and. You know, there are, you, you go to these places and people will sit there for three, four or five hours. It must be, you know, it must kill these coffee shop owners to be paying rent on these people who can hang out there all day. But we're also paying $8 for a cup of coffee, too. So you kind of are making that difference up. And many people will go and have two or three cups while they're sitting So look at the business model so. that's changed, though, because it used to be about turn and burn. Get people in, get people out. And yes, at, absolutely. And there, and there are a lot of coffee shops that are right. like that yet. But... But there are just as just many, as that, many are that are, hey, yeah. here's the couch, here's the, and what popped into my head right away was Central Perk, Friends. That was kind of, yeah. that was yeah. a new model back then. When, when they came up with that central hub for them to hang out at, um, that was kind of a different, well, throw a couch in because we need to cut scenes and then just visiting and chatting and that, 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 that. Uh, right, right. That's kind of what coffee shops have turned into now. It's amazing how many of them have couches in them now. I mean, I'm thinking about the one I go to here often that has probably the best internet in Las Vegas, and half of it is couches. And to me, it's difficult to actually sit with a laptop on a couch and work. I would prefer a table with a plug-in next to it, but they have plenty of those as well. And, you know, so you can charge your devices, you can do all of that while you're at, at the coffee shop. It, it's fantastic. And it, every town has one now. Okay, so what's your go-to coffee since so you're trying not to drink as much pop? It's coffee with a little vanilla and almond milk. Lovely stuff. It's called the Morlo. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. So we've certainly been around a little bit today, mostly AI and uh, I guess a little virtual uh, work space type of stuff. But I want to go back to AI for a second, Steve. Um, you can always tell when I'm thinking about stuff because I use ums and so's a lot, right? My word crutches. Um, <laughs> um, it, it is a... I'm just... 
I cannot get over how quickly AI is just taken over everywhere. It's everywhere. And I, I don't know what your what your thoughts are about it. I was just looking at the the number of uh tech companies that are laying people off again. And this time around, they were laying people off a year ago because of lackluster sales and, and that type of thing. Now they're starting to lay people off because they're really going after the AI space a little bit. Uh, I also, I believe, as I've told you before, that we're just in this transition right now. AI is going to create so many jobs. It's not even funny. Uh, it's so just are a lot of them different. getting laid off because AI is usurping what they used to do. Well, this is what I think is interesting. And it's, you know, you're starting to see it in financial space a little bit. Uh, Google is laying off a bunch more people, Apple, and most of these people are the coders, you know, people who write code for different projects and things like that. Cause AI is capable code. of doing these things and, and probably doing a lot faster than troubleshooting it as well. Well, look at your app faster. creations. I mean, the ability to create an app with AI. Exactly. I mean, it's That's not, code. That's code it's, writing. It's not like it's a hundred percent there yet, but if you, if you know what you're working on and you know how to build an app and you can just go in and say, Hey, I need, I need code for ABC and bang, it can just give it to you within a matter of seconds instead of you thinking about or going, getting through it for a week or 10 days or having a whole team of people working on it, I can just do it, right? I mean, that significantly reduces the time that it takes to build these things out, reduces the cost, and you don't need as many people doing it anymore. So that, but I also think that, you know, people who write code are going to be in high demand because I also think that people are going to, like you and I, we've talked about this before with we're uh, creating things. We have app ideas and I think there are hundreds of thousands of app ideas out there yet that have never been explored simply because as soon as you look into it, you find out it's going to cost a quarter of a million dollars or a million dollars to build it. And you're like, that puts me out of the game. I just can't do that. You know, I'm not going to mortgage my house or get a second mortgage on my house so that I can build this app that I'm not sure whether it'll work or not. But if it only costs you $10,000 now to build that same app, you and I might take that chance now. And if it does something, then all of a sudden we have to start hiring people to to maintain the app and do all this other stuff. So I just think we're just going to see this explosion of small businesses that will get started up because of this. Uh, so I just find it very fascinating what's going on right now that, you know, bigger companies are shrinking, but you're going to see the emergence of many, many smaller companies. So is that the model going forward? Because I, when I'm looking at, technology and one of the ways that companies grow is they oh that's a cool piece we should add that to our platform and they'll buy that small company right but you're seeing a lot more small companies pop up with here and i think the business model is let's get something off the ground let's make it valuable to a larger platform and then we'll just sell to that platform and go work on something else um so you see those smaller businesses coming and going there, you got to pop up and then it gets gobbled up and then those folks go work on something else. And that one company continues to grow as they gobble up all these little pieces. It's kind of the Pac-Man model. Yeah, it is. I think the other thing that will happen a lot too, and, and this is what I find really fascinating. And I'm going to, I'm going to inspire a few people right now, I'm sure. But 
the ChatGPT. Are we model, giving away more business ideas? We are, and probably we do that. You and I should probably take advantage <laughs> of this ourselves. But the ChatGPT oh, model, well, right? So the GPTs, and there's thousands of them already available. These third-party people who built GPTs that you can add on uh, to your chat window, right? There's nothing that says that you can't build a GPT using chat GPT. So you use, you use the actual thing that you're wanting to improve to build it for you. So you have, and I guess the idea that I have here, and I'm just looking out the window and here's some shades here, right? So you have this idea. You're in Las Vegas and they shouldn't have windows, but that's right. But you have this, this shade. You know, maybe you've come up with a way to use ChatGPT to open and close the shades depending on the amount of light that comes off the strip at the night, at night. I don't know. I mean, or the sphere, right? I mean, whatever it looks like. So, um, so you use ChatGPT to build this little GPT out. You add it to the GPT store and then people start paying you $2.99 a month for it. So you've used AI to build your idea. You, you have no idea how to code or do anything else. You just have this idea that you use AI to build it so then you can start making revenue. From it. I think it's, then I'm telling you right now that that scenario will make a lot of millionaires. You just have and to have the integrating. Yeah, you just got to come up with the idea and then everything That's else it. gets integrated. That's correct because you actually have the tools now. It's not like I have to call Steve Bakken and say, hey, Steve, I got this idea. Uh, do you know anybody who could build this for me? Or, you know, do you know any, any, um, craft, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but, but you know where I'm going. I mean, you know, trades people, Widgets, yeah. you know, that could build this for me or whatever. It's I need not, a widget maker. It's not the case with this because you have the tool. Everybody has the tool. You have the AI already that can build it for you. You just have to explain to the AI what it is that you want, build the thing, and have it build it out for you. The next thing you know, you're making money from that. It's just incredible. So is that the business model you see continuing? Is it going to continue to go down that road or are we going to continue to I see, get into I see just like smaller, smaller? Absolutely. And I see that, uh, um, you know, in the, in the GPT space here, uh, you think about the millions of apps that have been developed for your phone, right? I think there's going to be millions of GPTs and a lot of it probably will be, as I'm holding up my phone to you here, will be built because of AI integration into your phone device now. So GPTs will be become part of that as well. Uh, so there's just the opportunity right now is is pretty much endless when it comes to the merging of all these technologies. And like I said, a lot of people are going to have what I would even consider basic ideas, but something that nobody's ever thought of before that will now all of a sudden make a lot of money off of it. Well, and I'm one of those famously, you are too. Um, notes on a bar napkin. Oh my goodness. Or, or. I, still I used have to drive napkins a lot. And I know. I, I, have I used to drive a lot. And, yes. And, and I, I would get in the habit and I would come up, my brain would run when I'm driving and come up with this idea and jot it down real quick and then it winds up in your console. Yep. Yep. Those yep. little ideas, that, that methodology, those little ideas now can come to some sort of a fruition because of AI. Yeah, so pull out your, everybody, pull out your old notes from business ideas that you used to have or whatever and uh, put it into, open up a chat GPT or a Gemini window or your favorite AI 
and just start playing with a little bit. You might be re-inspired to bring this idea back to life because the cost of of bringing the, the idea forward has been dramatically lessened. So what does that do from a, a business cost perspective? Well, it's going to, of course, drive it down. So it'll be more efficient to build things out in the future using AI. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. And now, time for this week's edition of Ranching Issues. Here's Neil Roberts. Welcome to another edition of Ranching Issues. Our guest this week is North Dakota State Game and Fish Outreach Biologist Greg Gullickson. And Greg, the majority of land ownership in North Dakota is privately owned, and many of these folks hunt themselves. Tell us about this relationship and how important this is for hunters. It's very important. North Dakota is over 90% privately owned. So for you landowners out there, you raise the majority of the wildlife in North Dakota and allow access to that land for hunting. And that's one thing that's important is having that relationship with those hunters. And those hunters, I'd strive to tell them, you know, anytime that you hunt on private property, you're going out to visit someone's land. And for most farmers and ranchers out there, landowners in general, they just want to know who's out there and when. But I certainly encourage you, you know, you have those hunters that obviously reach out to you maybe just right before deer season but they could sure save you a lot of time especially coming up on springs work or doing a parts run certainly encourage those landowners to also reach back to those hunters who you've opened up and shared your property with good stuff greg more on landowner sportsman relations when we come back the barrington bollinger red angus production sale is wednesday february 21st at one o'clock central standard time at the ranch near powers lake selling 90 powerful yearling bulls and 30 fancy yearling heifers bulls are fed free until april 1st delivered free within 500 miles and fully guaranteed online bidding will also be available through dvauction.com the barrington bollinger red angus production sale wednesday february 21st 1 p.m near powers lake view the catalog at bbredangus.com Monin Stats, Fry's Appearance, Vermilion Rough Rider, Riddle Roosevelt. Just a sampling of the industry-leading Angus genetics from Riddle Angus. The annual sale, Monday, February 26th, 1 p.m. at Stockman's East in Dickinson. Five open heifers and 85 yearling Angus bulls that have passed a breeding soundness exam. Freeze branded, 150K profiled, and Riddles will feed them till you need them. For more information, RiddleAngus.com or call Rusty, 701 579. Talking landowner sportsman relations today on ranching issues. And Greg, not just hunting, but we're talking fishing too, right? Yeah, that's right. I graduated high school in 1992 and was avid in the outdoors and especially fishing. And we were hovering, I want to say, right around 190 lakes at that time. And, you know, obviously weather influences how many lakes that we have across the state. But the other thing, we're up over 400 lakes that are managed in North Dakota. And many of those, especially our small prairie lakes, are because of landowners that have allowed access and allowed us stock fish in some of those great little lakes out there. Good stuff, Greg. That brings this report to a close. Until next time, I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Ranching Issues, brought to you in part by the Berenson Bollinger Red Angus Production Sale, by the Riddle Angus Production Sale, and by Bremer Bank. Contact Bremer for all your ag banking needs.
KXXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. ABC News, I'm Mark Remillard. A $355 million fine leveled against former President Trump. The judge overseeing his New York civil fraud case leveling that penalty Friday. Trump's attorneys vowing an appeal, but former federal prosecutor Khan Nowaday thinks it'll be difficult. The judge has really set a very tight record where Donald Trump is going to have very few means upon which to appeal. The judge also barring Trump from doing business in New York for three years. The House is on a two-week recess. The move, though, drawing the ire of Democrats as Republicans left town without taking up a Senate-passed military aid package for Ukraine. Russian prison officials say Alexei Navalny, the most high-profile opposition leader against Russian President Putin, has died in a Siberian prison. Navalny was serving a 19-year sentence. He was 47. Crews on scene at a home explosion in Sterling, Virginia, that killed one firefighter and injured 11. This is ABC News. New studies adding to mounting evidence that exercise can help with depression. Walking, jogging, yoga, and strength training show notable effectiveness against depression, particularly at higher intensities. That's according to a study in the British Medical Journal that analyzed data from 218 other studies. Over 14,000 people of all ages with depression were studied. But the British Journal authors say they could only be sure of one particular study's lack of bias. All the other studies might be subpar. So, more studies needed. ABC's Chuck Sievertson. Former NBA player and survivor contestant Scott Pollard has received a heart transplant. His wife announcing that on social media Friday night. She says the surgery went well and she called the heart a perfect fit. Pollard, who turned 49 this week, needed a transplant after a virus likely triggered a genetic condition that damaged his heart. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. Windy conditions today. We'll see gusts over 40 miles per hour out of the west. Sunshine and a high near 41. Clear tonight, lows around 17, still a bit breezy. For Sunday, increasing clouds with a high near 38. Monday, mostly sunny with highs near 40. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is made from his original family recipe. Pick some up at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, 38 degrees. The next greatest generation is now. By joining the North Dakota Army National Guard, you continue to live life with your goals in mind. Whether choosing to go to school or work at your chosen profession, your service in the North Dakota Army National Guard allows you to build your future your way. The North Dakota Army National Guard allows you to serve your community and your nation while enjoying life right here at home. Live here serve here. Join the North Dakota Army National Guard today. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So one of the things that came out uh, 
Valentine's Day, ironically, uh, Jordan with us, our social media expert at the Tech Ranch, and ironically, dating apps now in the news, and ironically, a lawsuit has taken place because people apparently are upset with not finding the one. <laughs> Basically, what it's boiling down to is people are saying, no, it's not delivering on its promise to find a mate because the business model is more concerned about keeping me on the app than because if you, if you think about it, if the app is successful, you transition off the app. Right. Well, that's not financially beneficial to the app. Right. So, you know, Match.com is, is Match is the parent company, but they're, they've cited three different social media dating apps. One I had never even heard of before, Jordan. Yeah, me neither. It's called the, the League. So it's Tinder, yeah. Hinge, and The League, which I've, I've never heard of. Uh, so Steve and I, we actually met on Tinder. That's how we know each other. <laughs> so very familiar with that. Um, but yeah, that's a very interesting. Yeah. Match is the, uh, the parent company that's getting sued by a couple of, uh, different representatives from few states, basically saying exactly what you said, that the app is too addictive. It's, it's more like a game than it is, uh, uh, a tool to meet the one, your soulmate, you know, uh, someone you want to spend the rest of your life with or the rest of the weekend with. Um, and the lawsuit essentially just lays out that these people are very upset that they haven't met, uh, the person that they're looking for. Um, they came back and said, this is a ridiculous lawsuit. Uh, we want people off this app so they can, you know, be happy in their lives. But what do you do? You know, so on the surface, I would say, yes, it, does sound like a ridiculous lawsuit, but um, as we know with social media, you got to dig a little deeper. So if you dig a little deeper, where are some of the places that attorneys should be looking? Because of course, I go right to algorithms and, and what are the algorithms set up as? Um, and is it a question of, you know, like in your case, I, I, I thought I swiped left, uh, but, <laughs> but does the algorithm keep people on the app longer because one of the things I read when they got into it is, and this is the mental health side of stuff, and we can get into that a little bit later, but um, the gratification for quick scrolling, right? Swipe, 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 swipe. Okay. We've talked about this before. Right. Doom scrolling. Right. That, that, and there's some mental health issues that have been addressed and identified with that. Yeah. Is is this part of that? I would say yes, absolutely, especially because the whole point of a dating app is to see someone for a split second and decide, yes, I want to continue looking at this person or interacting with this person or no. So swiping left or right just based on a couple of pictures, it's all vanity. Um, so it is sort of like a game, but that's not new information, you know? Okay, so now this goes back to a bigger question. Do you believe in love at first sight? Because that's yeah. an age-old issue. It's like, oh, yep, that that's the one. I, I saw him and I instantly knew. Well, but what do you know about him? You, yeah. Nothing. Right. It, it, it's so, it's that, so you could call these love at first sight apps. Yeah, sure. If that's, because that's all, all it's based on, right? It, yeah. It's, it's the visual gratification that, yep, that person looks hot. 
Right. It's like, okay, that that must be the one for me. Well, there's a lot more that goes into that. Right. I mean, so there are features built into these dating apps that are a little bit more in-depth now. I think it's... Like what? Uh, you can leave a like a, a voice memo, basically, introducing yourself. And it, it, sometimes it gives you a prompt. Then it says, introduce yourself or talk about what you like to do on a long weekend. So, you so it's like, wait, wait, wait. This person looks amazing and... Uh, Part, part of the problem with the swipe thing is you don't get to see the profile or, or it, it's just boom, 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 boom. And okay, you might like the, the, the profile if you take right. the time to go look at that. But then it's the ability to hear them and right. leave them. Cause now I can base a lot off of somebody just from, you know, hearing what they're saying or the way they say things. Right. It's like, cause I, from the dating world, I'm sure nobody wants to get saddled with Fran Drescher. Right. So, that's like a, probably a deal breaker. But you can hear a lot with inflection and tone and is they got a nervous voice or, yeah. Right. Okay. So that now you're adding another sense, another layer into the ability to, is that my one? Right. Is, is is that the one? Right. I'm, I mean, I've always had a thing for the nanny personally, but that's just, again, not a deal breaker for me, but. <laughs> neither here nor there but yeah it's kind of an interesting thing where you can try to build this depth into something like this but at the end of the day it's still a 30 second interaction that's all taking place on your phone within your own mind right so well, but for a lot of people it's not even 30 seconds oh yeah it's like boom 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 I, okay i like blondes so you're scrolling through and only blondes uh or i like brunettes or redheads or right. um you're skipping all this other stuff yeah and i mean so a thing with these apps too is you can set up your own algorithm in the way that you can set your preferences right so you can set an age range right you can do it from like 18 to 99 and you can you know within uh 10 miles to 100 miles or something like that that's kind of what it looks like at least and so it's one of those interesting things where you can kind of be picky as opposed to like just seeing everybody from all dating pools but as far as you know, if you're still on this app after two years or three years or four years, it kind of maybe does feel like you're trapped in it, you know? Or maybe it's a you problem. Hey, uh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't know for sure. <laughs> okay, so that that brings me to the next question. It's like, and from a lawsuit perspective, are the people that are concerned about this, because I can see some legitimate concerns about getting locked into an algorithm or an app that, right. you know, financially it makes a lot of sense for them to keep you there as long as possible. Sure. It's kind of like attending university. Right. <laughs> they make more money if you're a six-year student instead of a four-year student. Right. And, um, yeah. So I understand that aspect of it. But do there need to be some realistic expectations when going into a contract for a dating app? Because if you're going in going, up, oh, I'm going to find the one. Well, is that realistic or not? Now, I, I was reading a, I think the number was, it was over 20% of people globally. That's how they find their significant other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that number's rising. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, it's like if the relationship you're in doesn't work out, you always can go back to those dating apps, right? So maybe it isn't a long-term solution. Maybe it is. Okay. I, so again, these dating apps are Maybe they don't say it, but with the construct of society, there's kind of a an undertone of, yep, you're going to find the one, the, the long, you know, your long-term relationship. Sure. But 
the ability for that relationship to not be doomed when you still got that crutch in the background, mm-hmm. I, I, I question how much that plays into failed relationships. Well, I think, I mean, it's obviously a case-by-case basis, and it's like about how vanity plays into your relationship as it starts and with a dating app it's hard it's really hard because that's sometimes it's based on vanity exactly it's the basis of the relationship so i mean i'm not in really a great place to give dating advice uh and i don't i don't know if you are either but all of this to say uh i'm also suing tinder not because uh of any sort of thing not working out but just for fun you know just just seeing how it goes um i just want to get my name in the headlines um my wife is not going to be happy to find all this out but she was just upset when you popped up on your own profile and you still swipe left she's like what how did i get stuck with that (laughs) that's what the lawsuit for you is about yes exactly okay so from a, a lawsuit perspective because i can see it both ways right is there something there and and if you're going to talk about some of the mental health aspects of it, because we've talked about that before with some of these algorithms, and there is a mental health aspect with the doom scrolling. Yeah. So, and I haven't fully gone through the details of the lawsuit. I don't know if they're completely out there yet. Um, but if that's the road they're going to go down, then they might have a case. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't think that's really the basis of the lawsuit. What it's saying is that it is addictive and it it's a game. It's it's gamifying and, and it wants people on that app. Although Match declines that to be true because you don't have to pay to be on these apps. There are subscriptions to premium features, but you don't that's not something that you have to do right away. And the ad revenue that they get from it is far less than say something like Facebook or Instagram and and especially since there's only the only feature on these is to uh, say yes or no to a person and then message those people. That's, those are, those are the features that are involved. There's no scrolling really. So the time spent on the apps, you know, it's based on you essentially. And there is time limits if you don't pay the premium subscription. You know? <laughs> so if it is like a game, then I guess that game would be candy crushed. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's hard not to laugh about this because, I, I again, there's some frivolity with this lawsuit, I yeah. think. But then, again, when you dig a little deeper, then there are some serious concerns. So say they were to lose the lawsuit. Sure. How do you fix an app that's based on vanity? I don't think they would really change much other than put a, a disclaimer on it. That's usually the type of thing like, hey, this uh, this cup of hot coffee, this is hot coffee inside of here. If you get burned, it's because it's hot, you know? <laughs> okay, that plays into the dumbing down of society even further. Yeah, a little bit. We're becoming idiocracy. Yeah, um, I, I saw this great post, a little bit irrelevant, but someone said uh, 50 years ago, car manuals, uh, they would tell you how to uh, balance the rotors in your car. And now they're like, hey, don't drink what's inside of the battery in your car. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, as sad as it is, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's part of our, our, our dating culture is, by the way, I do drink the stuff that comes out of the battery in the car. Uh, I hope that's not a deal breaker, but at least I have a six pack, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I look good doing it. Darn it. Darn good. That's exactly right. Oh, okay. So 
last 30 seconds here. What are your thoughts? It, is there some credibility to this? Do you think it's going to go anywhere? Or is it just a, a sensation-grabbing headlines? I think it's sensationalism. I honestly don't think it's going to go anywhere. And if it does, like I said, nothing really is going to change. Maybe possibly a disclaimer. Uh, and then hopefully all the people filing these lawsuits find each other and fall in love. Well, maybe they'll be testifying and all get together and boom. And we're back with the Tech Ranch. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Now that they've been out for a couple weeks, we've got the Vision Pro goggles. And what are you hearing, Jordan, as far as buzz on those compared to some other goggles? Because I know um, Zuckerberg came out with a video from his living room and was talking about Meta so much better. And, um, you know, you've got the augmented reality, the virtual reality. Now I'm hearing with the Vision Pro, you know, and they're $3,500 a piece. Right. Um, you know, 30% of the population can't wear them because apparently they get headaches and it messes with their vision or whatever it is. It's like, they're just, they can't wear them. So what are you hearing on social media as far as, uh, is there a buzz out there that they're still really cool or are people running into issues? What do you see? Well, uh, mostly the things I've been seeing is uh, people being worried that this is the the RoboCop future that we've all been warned about. You know, people walking through New York City wearing these $4,000 goggles, uh, not looking at anything but through the goggles. It's like an augmented reality thing. But uh, as you mentioned, Zuckerberg um, came out with a video. Um, talking about the the difference between the Meta Quest goggles and the uh, Apple Vision Pros, um, saying that he thinks wholeheartedly that his is a better product, not only because it's more affordable, but it's just, it's got better uh, longevity for all time as far as what's the difference what what's the difference between the vision pro and the meta so it's i mean they're both really big and clunky as of right now they're like giant ski goggles but the big difference between them truly is that i mean it's the meta is smaller and it's more affordable the vision pro it's sleek and it's got a battery pack but it's got 4k resolution and a camera so you can do immersive experience but the the whole thing is in my opinion they're both kind of scary <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a, so it's it's it deals in augmented reality meaning like you watch through the goggles with a like a 4K camera as opposed to just seeing directly out of them like you would with glasses. So if you remember uh, in like 2012, 2013, Google. Uh, but Google Glass didn't yes. go anywhere. Right. But from an application perspective where this comes full circle and I view as practical is right. when it becomes like Google Glass. Right. So I can just put a pair of glasses on even if I don't or if I do wear glasses, I just put these glasses on and doesn't look any different to anybody else but right to me it does right yeah I, I think that's the ultimate goal with something like this is like a maybe some sort of like projection uh that shows all of your apps and things like that maybe it feeds it through an earpiece maybe it uh, connects to the chip that's being put in your brain next to you <laughs> mandatory um you know it's uh it's hard to say like well you're uh, full of good news today all right Woo! <laughs> 
Who's to say what the, uh, you know, what the good and the bad of this is so far? Basically, the whole idea is that, uh, if you are going to wear a virtual or augmented reality headset, why not make it the cheaper one? Is essentially what Zuckerberg is saying. Um, the video he posted was using the, uh, the camera from the Vision Quest, um, which apparently is on par, if not a little better than the boasted 4K camera that the Apple Vision Pro has. Again, these are just clunky headsets that are not made for, uh, every day, all day, all the time use. These are, in my opinion, made for, I, I mean, they were originally for gaming, right? Um, but now it's like you can have virtual meetings in the MetaQuest universe with, with these headsets. So they have to say these are more of a novelty right now. Uh, I, unless you're a gamer. I would say yes, as much as anything like this type of technology is a novelty. Um, I can see that there's like legitimately a cool and true function that could be uh, very helpful well, for certain people. We talked about some of the uses before, and, yeah. and, and there are some groundbreaking, earth-shattering possibilities yeah. with applications yeah. of whichever platform you choose. Right. Um, but are we there yet? No? I don't think so, but with the current climate as far as like having to push things to market you have to push things out before they're ready basically every single time uh especially in the past couple of years and especially in the scape of something like meta versus apple or meta versus x you know we see this this early rollout on stuff all of the time especially lately um from these big giant tech conglomerates because they can they can kind of back it up with updates where as opposed to like some sort of smaller tech company that were to do this and they were thinking about doing this they're going to get crushed by this competition because if their full rollout that was completely you know uh well thought out and funded and things like that if that's happening uh you're not going to have a chance against the $500 MetaQuest or the $3500 uh Apple Vision Pro uh that can roll out whenever and just have the updates uh you know whenever uh, the bugs are fixed. So now we're talking about a paradigm shift in the business model. Because right. Because it used to be you didn't roll things out until they were perfected. And for a lot of technology, they were beta tested a long time before they right. were ever rolled out to the public. We're not doing that anymore. It, 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 a lot of that I bring back to AI. AI is, yeah. has changed the game immensely and right. there's such a competition because of the AI right now that everything else is getting sucked into that black hole right. that is technology and you're seeing all these other great innovations sure. that yeah, we're not quite ready but if we don't roll it out now then we're going to miss the boat. Right. Yeah, that's, I think that's the big fear, especially with how fast everything is moving. Like you said, I remember that this, the meta stuff was being rolled out. I mean, definitely pre COVID. Like people were talking about this meta headset and right. virtual reality headset. But again, they were talking about it because it was beta testing. Yes. It, it, it wasn't out for public consumption yet, but there was, it, word got out, leaked out. So there was a buzz about it. Right. But it wasn't coming out until it was perfected or right. pretty darn close. That's not the case now. No, no, absolutely not. And it's it's interesting too because I, Apple uh, does this thing where they undercut their own products uh, to advertise their new products. For example, I saw this side-by-side -side ad uh, just yesterday where it was like, here's the video quality on iPhone 12 versus the 15. And the one on the 12 looks like, you know, janky and really bad and really, you know, it's 
low resolution video, whereas the 15, it's this clear, perfect video. So I wondered, like, is this Vision Pro, is this the first version where they're going to suddenly, you know, come out with a slimmer version and be like, you don't ever want to use the Vision Pro 1. You never want to any have any... Thanks for buying that piece of crap, but you want to trade it in now. So. Yeah, you're going to want to put that... Here's what you do. You put that in the dumpster and then you take a $4,000, light it on fire because it doesn't matter. We're coming out with something new that's way better and you're stupid and you're bad if you have the old version. Okay, so Marlo likes to be in on the newest technology. Yeah. As soon as something's out there, he's got to have it. Right. A lot of people are like that. Um, but the old mindset used to be, it's like you never bought the the first year of a new model vehicle. Right. Um, brand new truck comes out. It's like, okay, let them get the bugs out of that. And then I'll buy next year. Right. Um, technology hasn't been like that, but it, it, is this an opportunity or, or should we look at from a technology perspective? Maybe people need to go, well, wait a minute, slow down. I'm going to spend some money on technology because, and, and also the other part of that is the financials because new technology is expensive. Right. In a year or two, it probably won't be. And it, should we get back into that? vehicle mindset where it's like okay there's some bugs because right now everything's coming out really fast but there's some bugs that need to get worked out there's a price point that needs to get managed um should people slow down with technology a little bit absolutely 100 percent. i don't install the first version of a new update it's point one or point two before i'm even considering a, like a phone update or something like that so absolutely I, I think we should wait on things and, and just see if they can work out the kinks before we are the kinks you know so okay but you gotta have that brand new technology that's really hard to do but it is in your best interest you've returned for technology is our passion let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve and just in case you're joining us or just joining us uh, you're listening to two guys suffering from ADHD who could never talk about the topics. <laughs> so Steve and I are attempting to visit about apps. Right here in the back of your computer. Who rules the world? Squirrels. Exactly. It does say that on my computer. Right next to NASA. It's it's hilarious, by the way, that you're being distracted by the back of my computer screen now or my laptop. Just saying. Why? It's that. It's, 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 it's all about ADHD again, right? And that's a squirrel, that's thing. squirrel thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about apps and, and, uh, what we use for road trips since Memorial Day weekend is, is coming up on us here and it's the biggest road trip weekend of the year. Uh, and it happens to be National Road Trip Day as well. So, um, I have a list of apps that, that I have uh, compiled to talk about for road trip in this summer and we're talking about driving road trips yeah yeah and we'll, we'll get into other mode travel a little bit later on in the show but we're really talking about the road trip right now so uh the first one on my list is city mapper have you ever used this no city mapper helps travelers find the speediest route to their destination providing step-by-step -step instructions on where to find the nearest bus or train stations so it's it's kind of, I mean, you could use Google Maps for the same thing, but this actually takes that to a whole nother level. So it helps you map um, the city that you're at and gives you an ETA. And well, with Google Maps, you get all that in Google Maps. You do. It, it, because 
you know, if I'm in a big city that I need to walk from point A to point B, you know, you just change over the feature from driving or to walking or train to yeah. walking yeah. and it'll route you the quickest way there. I don't think a lot of people know that they can do that. Though. Yeah. So yes, when you're in Google Maps, if you're walking on a street, you can actually change, you can go into Google Maps, change the mode that you're, wa- that you're walking and all of a sudden it'll take you, uh, it'll give you an ex- estimated time of arrival. Again, based on your speed and, you know, stoplights and everything else. You know how I found that? How did you find it? Actually, because somehow or another, my phone got stuck in the walking mode and the routes are entirely different than driving. (laughs) Were you driving in in the walking mode? Yeah. Oh, that had to be crazy confusing. I can't get there. What's going (laughs) on here? It's just a barricade across the street, right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it took me that is hilarious. Try to figure out how do I get back to because I wasn't. I, I used what I used on the app, and apparently I must have hit something, and it was in walking mode. Or I think it switched on its own just to screw with me. But that that's me. That's probably true because yeah, because I know you're not a conspiracy conspiracy theorist. So well, I will say this though because sometimes and, and with AI, this is probably going to be more relevant. Um. What I came to find out with Google Maps was if you put an address in that isn't a longer distance, that is what they deem walkable, it'll automatically default to the walking mighty. Or if you're down the road and there you're standing by a bus station when you put an address in, even if you're planning on driving, it'll default to bus mode or train mode or so. See, it did do it by itself. I did, uh, um, I fell into this trap with, uh, there's a bicycling mode on that as well, right? And it was in that mode for me one time and I'm driving, going to this destination and it said, take right and then take another right. And I'm like, this road isn't much larger than a walking and bicycling path. And they want me to drive down this. And I'm like, this is crazy. I walk at their dogs, jumping into the ditch. I see no other cars on there. I did, there was a golf cart though. So I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, is this really a road? I was just like baffled by this whole thing. Did you drive it? No, no. I pulled off to the side. I'm like, there has to be something wrong with this. My app said drive (laughs) down this road. And it's right there. And I'm looking through Google Maps and I'm like, what is going on here? And then the estimated time of arrival was like, you know, two hours and 18 minutes. And I'm like, there's, this is only two and a half miles. Whatever. Right. Right. It was a little longer than that. But, but yeah, that's what was crazy about it. So I knew there was something up with this. And then, then I realized that they had this walking, biking, driving mode that I wasn't aware of too. So I thought it was hilarious. Officer. But officer. That's right. (laughs) Every good conversation with a police officer starts with but officer. officer. <laughs> what do you mean it's only 25 here, miles an hour here? I'm All right. Keeping up with traffic. Yeah. Uh, PackPoint. Uh, so there's an app called PackPoint. Takes the hassle out of packing by creating a customized list of what you'll need for your getaway. So this is interesting. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Define getaway. Yeah. Enter your destination, travel dates, length of stay, and activities that might require special gear like hiking or swimming. And the app will create a list for you of the things you should take so you can, so you don't forget the things that you were just talking about. But officer, it's not (laughs) thinking a different getaway. 
But if there's an app, get away. now wait a minute, that that might be good. But you know, if you're going on an adventure, and I'll just pick on like if you're going to hike in Zion National Park, right? Uh, and you don't do this a lot. One one thing that you might think about getting is walking sticks, right? Because there's a lot of of uh, paths along there that that would be very very helpful for. And I'm sure that Packpoint would actually tell you because you're going to Zion that you should have walking sticks with you for this particular trail you're going on. You know, the other part of that too, like going back to the Google Maps, the one thing you have, cause I've tried doing this in the past, the one thing you can't do with that app is switch between modes of transportation while en route. So if part of your trip or your excursion for the day includes biking, walking, driving, or hopping on a bus to get to a park right. to go hike the trip, you can't integrate them all. Right. You have to go to the end destination for your car and start right. over again with your bike or your walk or whatever. Which goes yeah. back to our original conversation yeah. on planning out the time where AI comes in now and they can integrate all that. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that's like, okay, well, we got to drive to here and hop on this bus to get to this trailhead and then we hike or bike or and you can't integrate it all. So how do you manage the time and, and know all the different components? So, hey, I need to be home for dinner at 6 o'clock. So wait a minute. So then you, I've caught myself sitting down and doing the math. Right. They don't like doing math. Yeah. I, yeah. I know that. Yeah. So it, you sit there and do the math of, oh. <laughs> As you look at the clock. That's yeah. It, but it's like it's going to take me 20 minutes to drive there and then the little bus to get me up there and this and this and walking the trails two and a half hours and then reverse that to get home. Okay. Yeah. So the next app I have is All Trails. Do you, do you like the hike? I do. Bike and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm one of those too, actually, probably more so when I'm away from home than when I'm here. I should probably do more of it here. And I know, you know, you look at me and you're like, how does this guy get on the amazing trail system? We do have an amazing trail system here. Um, yeah. So for people who are not listening or who are listening to us that don't live here in the Bismarck, Mandan, North Dakota area, come here and enjoy our trails because we do. We have a very, very good trail system. And I could have used that app because before my wife and I got married and she used to live down in the Phoenix area and we were down there for a conference that I was partaking in and she came along to see her former co-workers because she used to work down there and we went hiking out in the desert and she got us lost. I was like, well, if you don't want to date anymore, just tell me. (laughs) You know, you know, you know, take me out, get lost. Yeah, you get me lost. Yeah, yeah. kill me. Like, <laughs> but we, no, we we both got turned around on a trailhead. It was a, so there's a great example yeah. of uh, an app because it was an area I wasn't familiar with. She'd never hiked there either. So, so yeah, this is this is a great app. Uh, all trails. If you're looking to get outdoors, this app will, will provide you with the area's best hiking, biking, and running trails, in addition to details on length starting location and trail quality all trails includes reviews and photos so you know from a fellow hikers or whatever outdoor enthusiasts you'll find useful information like what to pack obstacles you'll find along the route and best scenic spots to check out so this is a great app and i've used this myself a few times uh, when i'm in areas that i'm unfamiliar with and and a half stars it has i would give it four and a half stars yeah yeah um, 
day use. If you if you find yourself in the in the middle of a long layover, and this isn't basically for I guess road trips, but day use can get you into a hotel room for a few hours for up to seventy five percent less than what a typical overnight rate would be. Wow. How many times could you and I use this? Okay, so there's actually a practical application to that, and it could be for a road trip because say you're somewhere where the road is closed, and the reason I bring this up is I used to live in northern Michigan, not in the UP, but in northern Michigan, about 90 miles from Mackinac. You always had, and I always took the northern route through Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, through the UP, and you always had to be cognizant of the weather because if the wind came up, they closed the five-mile bridge. Mackinac Bridge would close. And you're like, well, I'm just ahead of the system. No, I can't stop and go to the bathroom. I need to get there before the winds start coming up. You had to be cognizant of that because you didn't want to get stuck for three or four hours on the wrong side of the bridge. And it was weather specific. I've been there. You don't want to be on that bridge when the wind is is blowing. It's a little scary. It is. But that would be a great application for that. And so, yes, it could come in a row. Well, or think if you're up in, in some place and a mountain pass gets snowed in. Or there's, I guess, lots of reasons. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you decided to drive overnight and now you're starting to get a little tired, right? You just need four hours, four hour nap or something, right? Yeah. Day use, uh, will actually find it. There's, uh, it features 5,000 hotels right now. Wow. So it allows you to make free cancellations at the last minute in case you, you know, manage to, to, yeah, they're talking about catching an earlier flight, but, but, uh, I would check into this app and I, I'm going to put this on my phone actually because there are plenty of times that I get stuck in an airport and the last thing you want to do is spend another six hours there. If I could go take a nap someplace that's more comfortable than an airport chair. How many people put up with getting stuck in the airport chair though because they don't want to go through TSA. Oh my goodness, a lot of people. Or you check your luggage and you don't have the things in a carry-on that would provide you a semblance of comfort at a hotel room yeah. where to go exploring. Because I've got friends that, oh, hey, we got a six-hour layover because they changed the flight. And, well, I'm going to go visit family, right. relatives. They're going to pick us up. We're going to go out to eat and then we'll come back. I mean... So I I, I guess I feel pretty fortunate Uh with the TSA thing, security thing, because I have other clearances. I mean, I use clear, I have the pre-check stuff. So most airports, I get through security in five minutes, sometimes less than that. They hate you. They, they scan your eyes, they walk you to the front of the line, and you walk right in. It's, I love. You're that guy. I am that guy. I'm at the end of the line in Denver International, uh, or you're that guy. I do get looks occasionally. I'm just saying. You're getting one right now. <laughs> but you're that guy. But, you know, when, when you're on an airplane all the time, it's nice to not have to right. spend all that time and security every day. So, um, yeah, so I would, I, I'm one of those guys that could take use or take advantage of a four hour layover someplace. And if there's a hotel close by that I can rent for a few hours. To well, get a, just think of it from a, from a work perspective. How many people go on business trips and, there's a lot of distractions at the airport. Yep. Uh, unless you go into the, the room for the, the mammary room. Yes. It's just a little trick there. Yes. I'm just saying. Um, but if you're on a business trip and you, okay, you got to answer a bunch of emails because your plane's delayed. 
Well, you got four hours. You could either be productive for four hours or you could sit in the airport with all the distractions and not be productive. Right. And airports are getting better. There's some places that are exceptional. And then there's some places that actually have cots now that you can rent and all this stuff too. So they're they're starting to step up their game a little bit. It was just when they canceled your flight and you got stuck overnight at the airport. I've never seen that actually. Where they've rolled out cots for people to sleep on. Have you've been there when this has happened? Yeah, they've got sleeping mats, and I've walked by gates that have been like that. Interesting, because I would leave. I am like, I'm not staying. Yeah, this. yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Well, day use, go check it out. Dayuse.com. Uh, if you're looking for those type of of scenarios, um, Hopper is the next one I have on the list. So, are you familiar with Hopper? Is that an Easter app? That's the that's a great, great question. I guess there is a bunny come out of their logo. Is it Australia? Maybe it is. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's hilarious, too. Uh, it's actually is used to predict the best time to find the cheapest fares for, oh. for uh, uh, flying again. Yeah, now we're really getting into the flying part of it. But uh, uh, this is an interesting thing. 